Welcome in. 12 o'clock on the dot. That means it's the Genesis Invitational live chat for the next hour. We will go through everything Genesis related and whatever else you want to talk about. We can do ownership. We can do questions. We can talk about bets. We can talk about anything you want. Uh, just let me know. Drop your questions in the chat. There's already a bunch of them in there, which is great. So I'll go through those uh, as much as I can. This is, of course, presented by Jock Market, Stock Market DFS. Joe Idoni and myself have a power hour tonight at 8.15 p.m. Eastern time where we're going to take you through the entire IPO phase. Special guest tonight, Sal Vetri, Sal Vetri YouTube channel. You probably know who that is. Uh, he's now on the Jock Market train. He's doing a, a, a basketball show. So lots of great stuff. Check it out if you have not yet. Also, I had something else I needed to announce. Um, Got it. Going to start to create some more strategy videos. So these are kind of more uh, evergreen videos, last a little bit longer uh, than just the weekly stuff, you know, contest selection and how do you fill out a betting card? Kind of all these these questions I normally get. Um, going to call it Strategy Saturday. And we're going to, I guess, just I'll release a video every Saturday. Uh, if you have topics you want me to cover, do bombers really matter in wet conditions. How do I build a betting card? Something like that. Uh, either tweet me, drop it in the comments right now. I'll compile a list and I'll start rolling through them every single Saturday. Other than that, let's get to it. Let's get to these questions. Uh, Clinton, first of all, Clinton drops a, a question at 9.49 AM. Much appreciated for the support. Are you eliminating guys from your core lineup who have negative strokes gained around the green? Sam Burns, for instance. So I, I certainly don't want to let one, anyone metric, any one stat kind of make a holistic uh, decision for me. However, it's certainly concerning, uh, especially when you're breaking ties, you know, these are not, uh, it's weird. They're, they're larger greens. They're like 7,500 square feet at Riviera. They are, uh, but they're hard to hit and you can kind of be in the wrong spot. You can kind of be in some awkward situations. So yes, uh, I, I, unfortunately I have to kind of ding those guys that have, uh, troubles around the greens, Matthew Wolf, Sam Burns, guys like that, unfortunately. So it's not going to be the only part of my decision, but, uh, just like we saw at Torrey Pines a couple of weeks ago, you've got that Kakuya grass everywhere. If you've never played out here on the West coast, that could, it just, it just eats you alive. It grabs the club. It turns it over. Then you get on the greens and it's POA and it's like, gee, like I can't, I can't catch a break around here. So, uh, very, very difficult. So Clint, I'm worried about it. I know you're not a big course history guy. That's right, Ryan. But is this a course you might want to consider looking at history a little bit? Yeah. So there's, there's definitely courses that ha have better, have more sticky year over year course history results, more correlation. It's why you've seen Bubba win here three times. It's why you've seen Adam Scott win here twice. You generally see the same names on the first page of the leaderboard. Uh, there are other events that are like that. You know, Augusta has a very, very sticky course history. Uh, Torrey Pines is pretty sticky in itself. So um, yes, there, there are a handful of courses uh, every year where course history is uh, more important, and this would certainly be one of them. What is Hadwin's projected ownership? Good Poe putter and maybe turning back around recently. All right, I guess it's time. Let's debut the... Cheat sheet here. Everything you see me do is available at rickrungood.com. Um, I use it. I think you should too. I have Adam Hadwin at, oh boy, where is Adam Hadwin? 2.2% owned. Uh, so of the 75-ish $100 guys, uh, I have Burns, Lonto, and Kevin Streelman coming in 
at higher ownership, although all of them are at single digits. Um, you know, Hadwin, I guess he's made three cuts in a row, right? Waste Management, Farmers, American Express. He's had a couple of good pops here at Riviera as well. So he's $7,300 on DraftKings. I have him at about two and a half percent. Got any last minute fades or sleepers that you didn't mention earlier in the week? Awesome channel that you have. Thanks, Chuck. Um, good question. I think I talked about um, Gooch, Taylor Gooch. I don't know if Doc made Doc Redmond made the sleepers video. So he is, I think he's $6,600 on DraftKings. He will tell you himself, this is not the start of the 2021 year he wanted. Um, but the good news for Doc is his troubles have been with the putter. Um, which in theory should come back to the mean. The also, also the thing with doc is, um, plenty of good vibes at the Riv, right? I mean, he won the 2017 amateur here. So he beat Doug Gim, uh, at Riviera to win the, the 2017 amateur. So that's probably one, uh, as far as fades go, I'm just kind of looking at projected ownership as, as that rolled in because, um, I'm not sure if I had the projected ownership when, when I did the fades video, I mean, there's a lot of just spread out ownership here. Um, no, I, I don't think there's anybody that that has changed later in the week. I mean, Cantlay's number is pretty high, over 20%. Uh, it would be easy to get off of Cantlay and go to Morikawa or Kepka or Xander if you could afford it. Um, but I, I don't, I would not endorse like a full fate of, of Patrick Cantlay, but that number is pretty significant. Hey, Rick, hope all's good. Uh, you as well. Can you take a quick look at Kepka for this event? <clears throat> Excuse me. I just wanted to make, oh, Kokrak. <laughs> so I thought it said Kepka. I just wanted to make sure I'm using the site correctly as I see him playing, uh, seeing him as a play in a few lineups. Sure. So let's look up Jason Kokrak. So um, how do I want to do this here? Let's do, let's start with the cheat sheet. And we're going to find Jason Kokrak. He's right here. He's $8,000. So what we see from Kokrak is not a lot of great play, right? He misses the cut at the RSM. He misses the... <clears throat> excuse me, the cut at the masters, um, you know, the Sony, he makes the cut and a 30th at the farmer. So I guess it's getting better. Uh, we can dive into his Holy grail here. So I'm just going to go by tournament and I'm going to look up Mr. Kokrak, not Brooks Kepka, Jason Kokrak. And we'll scroll down and we'll see what's going on here. Um, good signs are the ball striking stuff, right? Uh, he loses at the Tournament of Champions and the Sony Open off the tee. That's a concern because as you can see, that's a weapon. But he gets it back. He figures it out at Farmer. So, okay, very, very good to see. Great to see the ball striking. Great to see the around the green game. The around the green game is a bit iffy depending on what you get each week. Some weeks he's great. Some weeks he's, he's terrible. Um, kind of the same way with the putter as well. So what I will say about Jason Kokrak is the ball striking is very encouraging. The ability for him to get hot at times around the green and putting is encouraging. You know, he wins an event, the, the CJ cup, which is going to have a very similar field to what we have this week. It's just star studded. So um, I, I'm not ex super stoked about it. I think that he is a more volatile play. I don't think he's safe at all, but if you're talking about volatile plays in the range that he's being priced at $8,000 um, and 5% projected ownership, it's not bad. It's not bad team money. Who's my favorite play above 9,500 for uh, single entry contests. If I had to pick, well, let's go see. So 9,500 and up. So that's more and up. I'm, I'm, I'm I'm on Morikawa this week. I, I really like the way he sets up. I really like this price. I know that he's using the new putting grip, which I saw him use is terrifying, but he's 190th on tour in strokes game putting. How much worse can it get? Um, the other interesting thing is, is Brooks Kepka again. I mean, 9,700. I know he's coming off of a, a victory and for whatever reason in golf, 
We never reward the guy who was the best player in the world the last time he teed it up, but I'm seeing him at a fraction of the ownership as these other guys talking about seven and a half percent. You know, he just got done. He's actually doing his presser. He might still be doing it as we speak, talking about firm, fast conditions at Riviera. Well, I'll tell you what, firm, fast conditions, uh, that's Brooksy. So, so I would consider both of those guys. Um, super chat, which is much appreciated. Chris, uh, let me see if I can find this and put it up on the screen. Thanks for your hard work. You're the best. No, you're the best, Chris. Much, much appreciated. Thank you very much for the super chat. Any exposure to Dylan Fratelli this week? No, Brian. So I, I don't, um, you know, this wasn't, he wasn't a top priority for me anyway. And then we were, you know, we were on the first cup podcast with, um, Mark Immelman, uh, I think it was yesterday, so Tuesday, and and uh, Fratelli was basically snowed in in Texas. He was uh, working out indoors. I've n- I've not heard when he got there, uh, what it's like, but I wasn't planning on playing him. And and the news that I got kind of didn't really change that. When there's a front back split start, does that change how we should stack? Um, maybe. The only reason, the only times that I would kind of do that would be if like, let me see if I can figure this out. So like, uh, if 17, 18 and one were all very easy holes, you would get to play them in order and potentially get a birdie streak easier than if you played one. And then at the end of the round played 17, 18, for example, that's a very general example. And it's, it's really small, right? Like you're like, Oh, maybe you have a 5% chance of making a birdie streak. I don't know. That's probably not worth a stack. So I would say split, split starts, not that big a deal. I would be a little bit worried. I'm always a little bit worried about this at Riviera. Number 10 is diabolical. And the guys who have to play that at like six 55 in the morning, like first swing of the day, uh, you can put up a really a really big crooked number there. Um, and, and, and that's always like the first thing you see on PGA tour live. And somebody, somebody's like someone in the first group out on 10 is going to make a double bogey there. Like I, it's almost, I'd almost bet on it. Uh, that's the only thing, but, but no, I, I'm not letting it make, uh, too many decisions for me. Joey says any interest in Sebastian Munoz. This might be a, this might be a trap of walking into. Yeah. I mean, listen, I'm, I, I like Sebastian Munoz. He has shown us over time, the ability to get hot. He has shown us over time, especially at the end of the 2020 season, uh, he competed in a lot of big fields, a lot of difficult golf courses. So yeah, I mean, he's, he's always going to be a guy that's kind of on, on my radar. You mentioned Rory as a one and done option. I did. Does the news of him working with a swing plane perfecter over the last week give you pause? No, Rory's Rory's Rory. And, and, you know, a lot of these guys make very subtle changes or he could be working on something and it could take a year to really take effect. I, I'm not worried about that at all. Garrett says on your DFS preview, you were surprised about how nicely Alex Noren popped up. I think I'm going to roll with him this week. What are your thoughts now? We can look at Alex Noren. You know, the, the, unfortunately I think he burnt, was it last week? I liked Noren at Pebble because he's kind of a, a, a short game specialist. I, I guess you could say we'll pull up his, we'll pull him up here real quick and I'll show you my screen. So let me make sure I have this. Here we go. So here's Alex Noren. Um, you know, he normally 
relies on that short game, which is good. But unfortunately, look at all of these starts. I mean, he's just a brutal ball striker. So you, he, he's really reliant on a, on a very narrow path to victory or to success by being able to get up and down, by being able to gain five strokes putting. And unfortunately, those stats are the most volatile of stats, Garrett. So it's really hard to, um, it's really hard to love him in a specific week because everything has to go right for him. That's, that's kind of the problem. Jared says, I have to pick one of these two Gucci or Redmond. Um, did you like, did you watch uh, CBS sports HQ today? Because I like, I did a segment and these were the two value guys. So I, I hate to tr- kind of pick between them. I would probably lean Gooch um, playing a bit better as of late. He's got two decent results here. I, I know doc won the amateur here. I know doc is just a slightly positive putting week away. But I think for this week, right now, I'd probably take Gooch. First round three ball. Cantlay is, uh, I don't know what this question is. Cantlay plus 165 over Raman Morikawa or Shoffley 165 over JT and Kepka. So I have to pick one of those. I would take Xander probably. The, the thing with, um, the only reason I say that is Rom's short game is super special. So is JT's, quite frankly, but JT's been a little inconsistent recently. So I don't really want to battle Rom. I don't really want to battle Morikawa. Um, Kepka and JT, of these guys, they're all studs, don't get me wrong, are a bit more volatile. So, like one round at a time, you know, they shoot two over par or something like that. Shoffley, Shoffley grinds. His game is super solid. I, I, I think I prefer that side. At what point in your research? During the week, do you look at factor and data from your trends tool? Yeah. Do you use that to start a player pool, eliminate guys from your pool, confirm? Uh, the trends come up pretty early. I'll, I'll bring it up here. I usually go to the cheat sheet first. That's kind of the way that that I do it. Okay, cheat sheet, figure out what's going on, who's got good recent form, who's got course history. Then I start looking at tiers. Okay, here are some. Here, I want to make a short list of guys in the 10K. I want to make a short list of guys in the 9, 8, 7. Uh, so this is kind of where I go for that. So the trends... Uh, normally what I would do is let's, let's just look at fantasy points, median fantasy points. I think that's a really good way to do this, um, in the last year. So I'll do since the start of 2020. And then what I'll do is I'll sort by median DraftKings points, and then I'll start scrolling down and be like, okay, who's the first guy that pops up in the 8k range? Who's the first guy that pops up in the 7k range? So for example, obviously we have our studs here. Now Xander pops up as the first guy in the 9k range. So if we just scroll down, you know, Berger, he's out. Abraham Answer, he's the first guy that pops up in the 7K range. Uh, Will Zalatoris, he's the first guy that pops up in the 8K. Cameron Davis, you know, the, this is kind of how I use it, Victor Hovland, to start identifying value. And, and I talk about value in terms of, in this situation, um, fantasy points, right? That's what we all, at the end of the day, listen, I am a huge believer in strokes gains. I, I will spend all the oxygen in the world talking about it. I think it's great. At the end of the day, we need fantasy points. Uh, in, in a lot of these situations, I guess if you're not betting it out, right, but we need fantasy points. So why not look at that? Right. Some guys make more birdies and make more bogeys. Some guys just make more par. So, um, that's kind of the way that I use it. Blake Clark asks, which with short game being more important. Yes. Is this Brandon Todd? Uh, so the, the, it, yeah, so yes, if, if it was just short game, uh, Brandon Todd would be more interesting. The problem is the third key stat that, that you didn't mention there was driving distance. That has been a kind of a prerequisite, um, not necessarily a prerequisite, but it has been a 
indicator of success over the years, guys that drive it further than average. And Brandon Todd is going to be like bottom five guys on tour, right? I mean, his average is probably 280. Um, so that, that would be my concern, Clark. If it was just a short game week, I'd be much more interested. But unfortunately, I've, I've got that little driving distance thing hanging over my head that, that concerns me. Um, real quick, just want to spend a minute on jock market because that's that's really why we're here that they you know they're they've presented this they've given me the opportunity to kind of jump into this three o'clock you know every week kind of time slot and not only is it this show but it's the the show later tonight at 8 15 with with joe idoni and and sal's going to join us for the first 10 or 15 minutes tonight and if you haven't joined jock market it is it's stock market dfs it's exactly what it sounds like you can buy and sell and bid on golfers before the tournament that's what we're going to do tonight and then when the tournament starts uh you can buy and sell golfers and and it's really i like it as a different fantasy format because I mean, it's real dollars. You can you can buy shares. You can get out. You don't have to have a lot of money. You or you can have a lot of money. I also like it because it's a bit it, like DFS is different because of you know we talk ownership projections. Um, it's a lot different when you start putting your money where your mouth is, and 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 the sentiment of golfers in the in the jock market is completely different. There's a lot of edges over there. There's a lot of people winning a lot. Um, the way it's set up and designed, it is you're kind of designed to to win. So it's, it's a really good format. There, there, you know, there's, there's NBA, there was NFL. I think there's going to be MLB and NHL. So, um, it, it's, it's really great. It, there's a reason that they're being featured on Yahoo finance and on Bloomberg and, uh, all these other places. It's, it's a really great idea. I'm stoked to be a part of it. So join us tonight, 8, 15 PM Eastern time. If you haven't downloaded, download it now, use the code Rick 20. That will give you a $20 deposit bonus, which is pretty slick. That'll buy you a couple shares of the most expensive golfer on the slate tonight. Hey, Rick, any love for McNeely? You know, we can look at McNeely. Uh, the, the thing with him is, of course, that, uh, you know, he was a, a local to, to Pebble Beach last week. You know, they've got the house right there on whatever, 16 green. So we can, I, I don't like using that start as much of an indicator for anything. Really? So here we go. So here's his results. So obviously the runner up last week, um, this is my problem. I mean, we are in a, like a 10 week stretch where he's gained twice on approach and it's not just hovering around zero. It is objectively very bad. That that's kind of my problem. And, and, and the one week that he puts it all together, I mean, I guess outside of Houston, he played well in Houston, but he puts it all together at a place that he knows, uh, in an area that he grew up in. That's, that doesn't elicit much confidence um, from me. John, welcome. He says, golf pet peeve. A guy arrives hours before his tee time, hits the range putting green, goes out and promptly bogeys his first three holes. What is one of your pet peeves? Is that for professionals or is that like recreationally? I guess it would be a pet peeve for both. Um, professionally, you know what I hate? I hate that guy, when guys bogey par fives or when they are in the middle of the fairway on a par five and they make a par. And I'm like, what a waste. Like you got to make your hay on these par fives. That bothers me. Um, I don't know what my other pet peeves are. That's pretty good though. Tyler wants to know with Adam Scott playing so little since the restart, are you worried about him on a tough course like this or rolling him out with no worries? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not worried about it. Listen, he's won here twice. He knows this course. I actually difficult might be better for Adam Scott, quite frankly. Um, what he, well, his last start was farmers, Torrey Pines. That's difficult. He finishes 10th there. So, 
Uh, no, I'm not. I'm not worried about the difficulty of the course at all. Not 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 at all. I'm worried about his putter. I'm worried. I'm worried about other things. I'm not worried about. I'm not worried about that. Edward says, Rick, you won me over. Uh, new subscriber as of last week. Thank you very much. I have Wesley Bryan showing up in, in a few of my lineups. He had an okay year. Seems to be improving. Yeah, I, I think the reason he's showing up a lot is uh, he, has, he has a much smaller sample size than everybody else. Um, let me see if I can pull him up here real quick for you, Edward. He has a very small sample size. Remember, he was dealing with a... Uh, he was on a major medical. He had a, I think he had back surgery. I don't know if it's back surgery or back injury. So he hasn't played a lot. So when I pull up his Holy Grail here, you're going to see like very small sample from 2020. So here, here's the restart. RBC Heritage, he's played eight times, nine times, 10 times. And the reason that he shows up well on a lot of models is the ball striking is awesome, right? I mean, the guy's a legit ball striker. Now he's not very long off the tee, but he's also figured out the driver a bit. I mean, look at... He's already behind the eight ball because he, you know, he hits the ball. I don't know, 280, 285, uh, maybe shorter than that. He's one of the shortest guys on tour. So he's already behind the eight ball. Look at his driver numbers for the last couple of years. He's gotten better. He's a small positive over his last four or five measured starts. The ball striking is there. The putter can get hot. So Edward, I don't mind that. Just know that he has a very small sample. Now what we've seen in that sample is great, but it's very small. <laughs> if I had to pick one of Cam Smith or Mark Leishman, is Cam more focused on his rad haircut? Dude, that guy's vibing, right? Like, I don't know if you guys saw, he's got the, like the mullet cut and the shaved, whatever. Um, you gotta be pretty confident to roll that thing out. I, I would probably pick Smith. You know, I'm, I'm so much more bearish. I usually say bullish bearish on Mark Leishman than most people. Um, there's always like this, there's always like, Oh, Australians play well at, at certain events or like this event, Adam Scott's won here twice, which is like, we never say that about Americans, right? Like we never say that about Canadians. Cause there's probably not enough of them on the PGA. It's always about Australians who happen to win. Like, it's just, I think it's a silly narrative. Uh, but I would go with Cam Smith over Mark Leishman. Thanks for all your help. No problem. Uh, Lucas says are one and done. We pick two at majors and players. So I don't want to burn a big guy thoughts on Adam Scott. Yeah, that's fine. So listen, I've identified essentially 12 guys. I think, I think eat up the vast majority of the win equity for this week. Um, and I'll pull them up right here just so we can get all be on the same page about the list. Um, there was a, a great tweet from, I'm going to, I'm going to misattribute this. I think it was Ben Coley, but if I've, misattributed this. I'm, I apologize. But basically when the strength of field gets over 300 or 400, whatever, like that strength of field number is like we're getting this week, a stud wins the golf tournament. That's, that's kind of the basis of this. Uh, only a couple of times has a stud not won it uh, recently Coke rack at, at shadow Creek, uh, Russell Knox, I think won a WGC. I'd have to go back and look at that. Uh, and then there's like one other, but usually studs win these golf tournaments. So here are the 12 that I've identified that I think are the vast majority of the win equity. Dustin Johnson, John Rahm, Roy McElroy, Justin Thomas, Xander Shoffley, Patrick Cantlay, Bryson DeChambeau, Tony Finau, Brooks Kepka, Colin Morikawa, Victor Hovland, Adam Scott. That's where I end the list. So if you can get one of those guys while saving others in your one and done, uh, I have no problem with it. So I, I'm cool with Scott. Doc Malnati Hughes all around 6,600. Who's the top play here? I guess it depends what you're looking for. I think Hughes and Malnati have a lot of upside, right? We've seen that. Hughes has eight top 15 finishes in his last 20 starts. Short game specialist, which is kind of handy. Doc has good vibes around here. 
Peter Malnati's just a nut. Peter Malnati's like, he might finish T3 and or miss the cup by seven shots. Um, so I would probably rank them. Hughes, Doc, Malnati. Really close though. Flip a coin. Is strokes, strokes gain around the green the most important stat this week? Um, yes. So I can show you this. So here is the course key stats tool, which by the way, I've updated this and this is kind of a beta version of what I'm going to roll out on, on everywhere on rickrundagood.com. So, you know, you can filter by a lot of different things, but I'm adding in here, you know, your most recent, however many rounds you want to do. So if you want to do 80 rounds, 38 rounds, 24 rounds, eight rounds, whatever it is, you can do that. So I'm rolling this out site wide. I've kind of got a little beta here on, um, on the course key stats tool, but yes. So, so this model, if you're new to this model, I love this model. This might be the best thing that I do which is run a regression model for all of the results for all of the, all of the additions of this tournament. And then every stat on the PGA tour and find the types of golfers that have success at every single tournament. This is not like saying, Oh, the, the guy who won last year gained five strokes putting. So strokes gain putting must be important. Yeah, the guy who gains five strokes putting is probably going to win the golf tournament. Like that's not that doesn't tell me anything. But the way I do it, which is find the types of golfers who have success year over year, build profiles of them, and then find out what stats they're good at for that year. I think is much better. So strokes gain around the green, the number one most important stat. There are only eleven courses on the PGA Tour where strokes gain around the green is more important. Strokes gain putting is number two only 14 courses where it's more important. And then driving distance and strokes gain total are, are third. Um, they're, they're just better than, or just higher than, than average when it comes to, um, that stat compared to the rest of the field. Also, I got a new whoop. See that? I got a new whoop, not sponsored by whoop, but I am available. Whoop. I like it. Who is your favorite two golfers? Oh, out of the six up top. And which one is your biggest fade and why? So, I mean, fade is really difficult because they're all up here for a reason. So I'm going to try to break it. I'm going to try to be clear about how I'm going to do this. So uh, Dustin Johnson, very clearly the best player. No doubt about that. I don't think you can bet him at five and a half to one. I think that is a fool's errand to bet him at five and a half to one. I do think you can put him in your DraftKings lineups because he's only $11,300. I think that is a much more fair price. If you're talking about pure value, pure value, it has to be John Rahm because John Rahm has the second shortest odds in the betting market, but he is the fourth most expensive golfer. And there's a $900 difference between John Rahm and Dustin Johnson. So built-in value is John Rahm. Um, the, the betting odd that I think is the most inaccurate is Bryson, who you can get at 17 to one, 16 to one, 17 to one in some places. Because he actually wins golf tournaments at a pretty high clip, driving distance, short game. That's all Bryson. So that the very specific, those are different things, which leaves me with just by process of elimination, you know, Justin Thomas has been a bit a bit inconsistent. He's kind of the odd man out just because of the pricing. Roy McElroy, just kind of the odd man out because of the pricing. It's not that I don't like these guys. In fact, I, I think Roy's an interesting one and done option, but like they end up being the odd man out, which is unfortunate. You're the man, Rick. Thank you. Who is your must start of the week, regardless of money and, and thoughts on your favorite for first round leader? So, um, yeah, so I, I kind of just 
described that where, uh, you know, those guys, you know, John Rahm with the value, I think is really interesting. Um, you know, Victor Hovland at 8,700 bucks, he has much improved short game. That feels like a really good investment, right? He's got winning upside. Who is a favorite first round leader? Let's do this. Let's go to the Holy grail. I love this tool. Holy grail. Let's go by round. Let's sort by first round over the last, we want a lot of, we want a lot of time here because, you know, guys are going to have small sale. Let's do since the start of 2019 guys in this field, first round, and we're, let's just do strokes gain total just, okay. Well, Justin Thomas is not a long shot. Justin Thomas, John Ron, Patrick Cantlay, Rory, Xander, Tony Finau, Wes Bryan's been awesome. He only has seven rounds. Uh, Kuchar is on this list, although he hasn't been as good recently. I'm trying to find you a, a long shot. Cameron Tringale. I don't know what time his, um, his tea time is Mark Hubbard. These are guys that play better in round one than they do in other rounds. Uh, I don't know what those guys tea times are. I'd have to go up and look, but if you're looking for long shots, those are the first two names that pop up outside of the absolute studs thoughts on Zal Torres. Um, yeah, I love him. You know, listen, he's, he's always going to be great. doesn't care about difficult golf tournaments. We saw that at winged foot. Doesn't care about fields. He's just going to be, he's going to be inconsistent a little bit, just a little bit. He's young. He's trying to figure it all out. No problem. If I had to choose between two of these, KH Lee, Nate Lashley, Taylor Gooch, Sam Burns, I would take Gooch and KH Lee. Probably. Hovland and Morikawa. Really like them both, but in a vacuum, I think it has to still be Morikawa. Uh, next time Coach is on the First Cup pod, can you have him discuss his involvement with the PGA of America and why he's dissatisfied with them, rightly so? Yeah. Definitely a topic of conversation that I'm sure will come up. We'll, we'll ask him. Who are the best approach guys on fast greens? So I don't have fast greens loaded in. Um, I can show you the best approach guys though. So that's next on my list is to add in fast greens. So what I can actually do, I, I mean, I could do Poana. I could do large greens. So large greens does count um, Riviera because they're 7,500. Anything over 7,000 falls into that bucket. So I can do the last two years on large greens give you the best approach players and it would be the guys that are the best approach players everywhere right thomas Zalatoris, morikawa henley furick vijegas although those two last two have a lot uh fewer rounds leishman tringale again that man just pops up everywhere doesn't he cam tringale popping up <laughs> is this the week uh it says roy is back in the winner's circle i'm gonna assume that's rory and i, I think it might be listen you know i like him in a one and done format um, because you're probably going to be the only person on him. He's, he's got four starts here, all of them inside the top 20, a couple of top fives. Rory's going to figure it out. I don't know what it's going to be. He's going to put four rounds together. He's going to win a golf tournament. I also think more difficult courses are kind of at this point better for him. So I don't know. He was actually one of the, um, in my simulation, I think he won at 7% of the time, which I think was the most. <clears throat> Mark wants to know, well, thanks for doing the live chats. Thank you. Um, which by the way, if you guys enjoy this, do me like a quick favor and hit the like button. Like that seriously does go a long way. It helps other people see it. YouTube, all that stuff. So that's, that's the ask is hit the like button for me. Much appreciated. Um, am I concerned about fatigue? Tringale, Homa, Norlander going five straight weeks. Norlander's gone six in a row. Generally at this point, Mark, no, this point in the season, you know, if they're playing five or six in a row, it's because they feel good about it, right? If if this was the end of the year, if this was the playoffs, the playoff stretch, um, 
I would be more concerned about. We saw that with Paul Casey last year. He had to play like six weeks in a row because he wasn't, he was not in the tour championship, all that good stuff. And he was like, I'm gassed. I'm absolutely gassed. So that's when I would be concerned, Mark. I'm not so concerned about it right now. Is the stars and scrubs build overthinking it this week? No, I don't think so. I mean, I think you have to get like two of the guys in the top 12. However, you need to do that uh, would be the way that I would go about it. FanDuel has uh, boosted odds on Bryson, DJ, Spieth, and Brooks to make the cut at plus 200. Um, yeah. Wait, all of them? So they all have to make the cut and you get it at plus 200? I mean, it is a short field. There's only 120 golfers in the field and 65 and ties are getting through. So even if these guys have bad weeks, you'd think that they'd probably, like, yeah, you might just want to bet, just bet Spieth to miss the cut at plus, I think it was like plus 265 last time I saw it. Um, also, I mentioned this earlier in the week and I don't talk about FanDuel a lot just because I don't play over there. Brendan Steele is the min price on FanDuel, which has to be an error, I'm assuming. So He's $7,000. He's down there with all the guys you've never heard of. Uh, I would look at that. Sup, guys. Hope all is well. Hey, hey, Brant. Thanks. Eight of us copied your season-long format. Okay, cool. I'm glad people are playing that. Um, I can swap my doc for free agent Homer right now. Wow. Is that an overreaction? Yeah, you might just be buying. You might be selling low on doc and buying high on Homa, unfortunately. So I would hold. Sorry. Greens are 7,500 square feet um, on average. So they're pretty big. They're on the bigger side. Sorry, I was reading something else. Henley or Siwoo, I guess it depends what you want. I don't think either of them are particularly safe. Uh, Siwoo is a bit more volatile. Both go with their irons. I'd take Henley. Just joined RRG. Thanks, Brian. Welcome. Hey, Rick. Okay. This week, Finau gets win number two or Rom taking it. First of all, I like that those are my only two options, Rom or Finau. So, so Rom is really great, obviously. I don't need to tell you that. He is also excellent on difficult golf courses, Olympia Fields, Muirfield Village, all that good stuff. I think Finau, I think Finau can win this. I actually, so I do the Golf Digest panel, picked Burger last week. Um, so we have to make our pick and I went with Finau. You know, I don't always like to just take the, like I could just take DJ every week. That's not all that fun. So I, I took Finau because the guy shoots a 68 every Sunday and somebody steals the golf tournament away from him. Uh, if you shoot a 68 on Sunday here or a 69, you probably win if you're in contention. You know, Adam Scott was one under 70 last year, won this golf tournament. So if Finau is going to win, I think it's going to be in a situation like this. I bet him. I think I made three or four bets this week. They're all the top 12 or 15 guys, which I don't normally do, but that's where the win equity is at. Top three under 6,500. Um, 6,500 is pretty scrubby. Let's see. I would probably say, um, man, 65 stuff. Can I go to 66 and get Hughes, Malnati, and Redmond? Like those would be the three. If I've got to go 65, Hubbard probably, who's 63. Um, I would probably say... Wes Bryan, who's 61, a really small sample, but 61 is too good to pass up. And then probably like, uh, wow, 65 is really tough, guys. I would say, so what I say, Hubbard, Wes, and Sun Kang has good course history. Those are probably three. I like 66 a lot better. Will Scheffler be popular? I have Scheffler coming in so I can show you this. 
again, this is the cheat sheet. I have Scheffler coming in at 8%. So if we just want to look at the, the highest projected ownership players, uh, Cantlay and, uh, and, and, and Dustin Johnson are the only two that I have over 20%. There's a lot of spread out ownership. There's a lot of names in this field. There are a lot of guys who are just kind of spraying all over the place. Uh, Xander, Finau and Rom are next, but, um, it's a pretty, cons- there's just, there's like 12 guys, 15 guys, uh, over it kind of in double digits there. There's no real, there's no, there's no real, uh, natural build for this week. So actually I'm a bit late to this question. Josh says about steel being mid price. Should we just fade him on, on draft Kings and play him on FanDuel? Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Little, little life hedge. <clears throat> I've answered a couple of these, so I'm just going to, I'm just going to roll through. Oh no, I lost my spot. Which of the top four is likely to miss the cut? Probably none of them, but most likely JT. He's a hair more volatile. A hair. Love you, Rick. Hey, love you, Tim. Thanks, bud. Any thoughts on Brian Harmon? Every custom model I had has him in the top five. Yeah, so we can look at Brian Harmon. Let's look at B Harms. Pull him up real quick. If I can type his name correctly. So, oh, this is round by round. Let me give you a, let me give you the tournament look here. Brian Harmon. Um, so the good news is he's generally a pretty, I, I say short game because his putter is better than his around the green game is. Uh, but last week at Pebble Beach, ball strike the hell out of it. Right. I mean, he was, he was great. He actually lost strokes putting. That's pretty, uh, that's pretty rare for him. So yeah, take, taking into consideration what Riviera asks of you. That's, that's not so bad. Last man in on DK this week. Oh my God. I had a Lashley ticket. I had Lashley everywhere. That would have been awesome. Um, last man in this week for me. So that 66 range is, I feel a lot better about. So that Hughes doc and, uh, Malnati range. That's probably where I'd go. If I was really desperate and I really wanted to go stars and scrubs, the only guy I'd I'd really probably get into a lineup is is West Bryan because, quite honestly, the price tag uh, gives him a lot of wiggle room. Right, make the cut. He makes the cut. I'm good at sixty one hundred bucks. Oh, is answer stranded? I have not heard this. Is he not? Is he not there yet? Is he still in Texas? I don't know. Thoughts on Sergio and Russell Henley talks about Henley a bit. Um, if I only had to take one, it's probably Sergio. I mean, the ball striking is uh, actually, that might not be true. Might be Henley. You know what? Let's do this. Let's do this. Perfect opportunity to do this. Let's do the head to head matchups where we can just pit these guys against one another and see what the model says. We can just be a slave to the model. So let's do since the start of 2020 and let's do. Sergio and Henley similar players, right? Kind of ball striking. I've got Henley winning a four round matchup 69% of the time. So Henley really cool tool, really good to, to break ties. I'm glad I thought of that. Do you prefer to look at stats over a specific time frame or a rolling period? Kind of both. You know, I, I like, um, I like time frames. Like since the restarts usually good enough, depends, depends what I'm looking for. Does Colin Morikawa's new putting stroke concern me at all? So it 
not really. I mean, guys tinker all the time with their putters, whether it's weights, whether it's forward press, whatever it is. He's really bad. He's a really bad putter. And he was, he got good right as the, right as the restart happened. He was like a, a zero putter. And that's when he was like in contention at colonial. He won a couple of weeks later. Um, right. Yeah. He would have won work day a couple of weeks later. So, but now he's back to like 190th in strokes game putting. There's only like 220 guys who qualify for stats right now. So you, you probably can't get worse, Sam. So I, I don't care at all. I, I don't care. If he was like middle of the pack, I, I might be a little bit more worried. Um, okay. So corn fairy tour. So corn fairy tour is on DraftKings now. So I don't have a ton of names to consider right now, but I've been mining uh corn fairy tour data a bit. So my goal is to integrate it into rickrungood.com at some point. I don't know if that's going to be next week, the week after or next year. I have no idea, but, um, there's not obviously not as much data, but I want to at least have something. And then that way, you know, when those guys come up and play on the PGA tour, it's also interesting as well. So I don't have any, any, any information from this week. I know that Brandon Wu was the most expensive golfer. We had him on the first cup podcast during the, um, during the, the shutdown during quarantine. But, um, I, I don't really know what his, what his recent form is or anything like that. So I, I wish I had more information for you. I've answered a lot of these, so I'm just going to keep rolling. Ooh, a good pun. Time for some puns. Is Brandon a steal? I, I, Brandon Steele also, I always like him because he's a ball striker who can't putt. That's always going to be great. Uh, obviously the, the min price on FanDuel goes a long way. So yes, I, I'm always going to have him in my, in my lineups or at least some level of exposure to him. Everyone seems to build stars and scrubs this week. Some merit to build balanced. Um, yes, you, there is merit to doing the opposite of what everyone else is doing. And that applies to basically your life, not just DFS purposes, right? Like, um, being a contrarian is generally the optimal thing to do, especially in our world. So yes, if if we had data that was like, everyone's building stars and scrubs, you should build a balanced lineup. Now, I don't know if that's just people who are saying, hey, I want to build stars and scrubs. And then when they start building, they 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 don't want to put Wes Bryant in or whatever. So um, I don't know. I don't know. How come no one talks about Kucher? We can talk about Kucher. I, I mean, the reason no one's talking about him is because he's, he hasn't been all that good, right? Let's let's pull him up. The the Matt Kuchar stuff, he was when he was winning golf tournaments, I guess like, you know, 18 months, 24 months ago, I th- I think he was defying the odds a little bit. You know, he was never a long hitter. He was he was he had to be deadly accurate and great in every other aspect of his game to kind of make up for that, and he was able to get it done. I mean, I can scroll down even further here. Look at his ball striking numbers. You know, the ball striking numbers, it's this column right here. You know, he's gaining three, gaining four, gaining five a week, and he's got the short game. He's losing strokes off the tee consistently, but he's making up for it in other places. Well, you look recently, still doesn't have the driver. Now he's not even striking the ball well. So, so that's, that's why no one's talking about him, Tom. I mean, I know that course history goes a long way here, but he's going to need to flip a switch on how he's been playing for 18 months. Reason champ with Rory and Bryce in the PGA. Yeah, this is, um, so I saw Twitter was like, I guess a bit up in arms about this, putting cam champ with Rory and, and Bryson. Obviously I have no idea why, uh, I will say that he is an American who hits the ball far who has a 
recognizable name, which is usually about all you need to do to get into a feature group. I mean, look at the feature groups that we get on a weekly basis. Um, they still won't take Phil Mickelson out of a feature group. They won't take Ricky Fowler out of a feature group. Like, you know, it's, it doesn't, they they make up a lot of reasons to do that. Also, I think, especially with Tiger's presence this week and the Charlie Sifford Memorial exemption, which Cameron Champ was a recipient of a couple of years ago. I think that goes a long way. That is a big part of, of this event. It is something that's going to be a storyline on the weekend that you're going to hear on CBS, assuming that, you know, um, you know, if Willie Mack, the third makes the cut, or if, if Cam Champ is, is playing well, like you're going to hear about it. You're going to hear Tiger talk about it. So that is what, those are my guesses on why, that group is Cam Champ, Roy, Roy McElroy, and Bryson DeChambeau. But listen, they they make the feature groups for a lot of reasons. So I don't know. Um, hey Rick, why do you dislike me? Offered free drinks and golf, not a reply. Where I don't usually turn down free drinks and golf. Was it here in the chat? I don't remember seeing that. Did you email me, or did you DM me? I get a lot of DMs that I don't answer a lot. So. I don't know. I'm up for free golf and drinks. <laughs> Hit me up. Thoughts on Burns. I kind of covered, I think this was like the first question. Uh, I love Burns. Very bullish on him. Very, very bullish on him. Unfortunately, it's probably, it's, he's going to have to be a short game specialist this week, which is not his, um, not his forte, which is unfortunate. But I think he wins somewhere soon. Like get, a, like get me at Detroit Golf Club. Let this guy just bomb it around and make birdies. That would be kind of cool. Any chance Ricky wakes up feeling dangerous this week? Second week back, yeah, I think he's lost in the sauce. Yeah, he's 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 going to be. Let's look up his ownership. First of all, I saw he was two hundred and fifty to one, which was kind of jarring when I saw that. I have Ricky Fowler at two percent owned, two point seven. So I'm I'm taking a wait and see approach. There are some guys that I like to be early on. There's some guys I'm willing to be late on. I think I'll just be wait on late on Ricky. Oh, this is interesting. I didn't know this. Oh, I'm sorry. I misread the name. I did know this. Do you like Molinari this week after a disastrous weekend? He's a member at Riviera. That is true. I thought it said Malnati. I'm like, I don't think Malnati's a member here. Um, yes. So I, I again, really like the way Molinari's leading into the 2021 year. And, um, you know, the ability to kind of be exact is helpful for, for Molinari. Uh, and yeah, I'm, I, you know, he has a bad weekend. He called tops one off of 10 on Saturday. Who cares? Like these guys have bad rounds. It was basically all over from, from there. DFS chef. Good to see you. I didn't even know Oliver was in here. He is sleeping like a rock. It's kind of scary, but I didn't even know he was in here. Um, where are you with answer this week? So I'm, I, I like answer as a grinder. We, we have seen, since the 2019 um, uh, President's Cup, this guy doesn't like he shows up. He plays well at WGCs. He plays well in big events. Um, unfortunately, the distance kind of puts him behind the eight ball a lot, but he's going to grind for you. He's going to grind for you. I'm cool with that. Hey, Rick, just subscribe today. Chris, thank you very much. Much appreciated. Uh, hit me up if you have any questions and I'll, I'll see you in the Slack channel. Ooh, my wife almost won me money picking Jordan last week. Can we get Rick's wife's pick this week let me text her who's going to win this week she's gonna say adam scott i know she's gonna say oh she said tringale i didn't even know she knew who that was she said cameron tringale there you go take it for what it's worth let's see why why see if she answers that cool name okay well that's good analysis um 
What's the maximum ownership you'd roster on a favorite play? Doesn't matter. If it's my favorite play, I'll differentiate somewhere else. He could be, I guess it could matter, right? If he was like 60% owned, but like if someone was 30% owned and he was my favorite play and I had to have him, just go pair him with five other guys or four other guys that are, that are single digits. Um, so yeah, I, I would, I'm not letting one guy dictate everything. So we give Munoz another chance or fade for life. Give him another chance. Yeah. We like doc this week. Hey, Joe, Joe, Idonia, myself, 8, 15 PM Eastern time, jock market power hour. Uh, yeah. I like Doc. Listen, he's kind of at rock bottom. I think he's he's losing like two strokes per round putting. He is uh, vibing here at at Riviera. He's won the amateur here, so all good with that. Oh, this is kind of interesting. I saw this. Which, by the way, before I even say this, this stat means nothing, but it is pretty cool to see, uh, and it is not predictive in any way. But last three winners on the PGA Tour, big guys who missed the cut the week before Berger, Kepka, Reed. Any chance we see that this week? Sure, because missing the cut doesn't matter, right? Especially for the big names, right? Like Reed, Berger, Kepka, pretty good golfers. They don't care about missing the cut. So the the highest price guy, uh, Mark says, would be Cam Smith. I, I I haven't checked that. I'll trust Mark. It is a um. It's a silly narrative. It's fun. It is not predictive at all, but I like it. Who would you choose for your one and done? Ron McElroy or DeChambeau? Of those three, I'd go with I'd go with Rory. And I would uh save Ram and DeChambeau for later. I guess this is the perfect comment. Yo, yo, Rick, what's been going on with Munoz? He was looking good there for a little bit last year. I guess that's golf. I guess that's golf should be the title of like this channel. I guess that's I like golf is so weird and hard and random. Uh yeah, like these guys get in ruts then they get hot. I'm still a believer, so it's it's funny. Hey Rick, can you run a model one more time? Yeah, sure. Let's do it. So, let me pull up the model. So, this is a custom model. rickrungood.com. Um I usually what I will do is use the course key stats to find out what's important for this week. And then I'll put that into the model. So here we go. So obviously uh short game. So I'll do, let's do 25 on short game. Let's do 25 on putting. Let's do 20 on distance. I know those are important. Uh Strokes gain total. I would start double counting. So I don't want to necessarily do strokes gain total. So what I'll do with my 30 remaining is I'll do, um, I'll split See, I don't want to double count it, but I don't want to weigh it as much. I'll do 10 on approach, 10 on off the tee. So it's kind of like a weighted strokes gain total, but weighted towards the short game, which I think is interesting. And then 10 on birdie or better. And we'll run this and we'll see that John Rahm's my top player. Rahm, Xander, Berger, Finau, Cantlay, DJ Scott. It's all the studs. I mean, there's a reason studs win these golf tournaments. The first non-stud, uh, I guess, is Scheffler, Cam Davis, Hideki's down here, Lonto, and there's that man, Seb Munoz. I did not see answers tweet. Did he tweet? Is he not playing? I, I have not seen this. So if, if Abraham answer is not playing or has withdrawn, I am not aware of that. So um, someone will have to let me know. I've not seen that. Talks about a lot of these, which is good. So if I'm, if I'm skipping your question, we've covered it. Go back. Xander Finau can't like all coming in hot. They sure are. Who do I like out of this group best for one and done? Ooh, depends on your one and done. If it goes to the point where you get, where you can play the Shriners, I would keep can't lay for that. 
Uh, Xander, you can roll out a, at a major or anywhere, a WGC. So, so Finau. I want to play Finau at a tough course. That's the way that I would do that. What's the average finishing number here for the tournament? 1,600? No. Uh, I think 11 under won it last year. I think, I think um, I'll pull it up for you. But Adam Scott, I think, won at 11. He was one under in the final round. Let's see. Yeah, he won at 11. J.B. Holmes the year before, 14, 12, 17, 15. James Holland won it at 6, 15. Oh, I'm showing it. Oh, there we go. 16. There you go. So those are the – just pull up the wiki. All right, so in your head-to-head tool, is that work for a total Rome or will it work for all week? I'm, I don't know what that means. It's for a four-round matchup. I'm not sure what that question means. <clears throat> uh, hey, where am I? <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. Oh, that's the question. Is your head-to-head round for each? It's for the entire, it's for a four-round tournament. Love the revamped. Yeah, so, um, yes, thank you. So that is what I showed earlier with, uh, you know, being able to pick which which rounds are, you know, last eight, ten, I mean, whatever number you want. Um, it's, it's very much in beta, so I'm going to work through that over the course of... Uh, to, to roll that out to the rest of the site. Um, Kevin Erickson, much appreciated, man. I always appreciate the support. Thank you. Thank you for the super chat. He says there's 350 people watching this live chat. Uh, hit the like button. That is, that is very true. Thank you very much. Uh, your support is, is much appreciated. I know I see you every week. It's, it's great. <clears throat> Let me just make sure I'm not missing anything. Okay. Okay. I've answered a lot of these, which is great. Um, from frozen Texas, but had to make the chat. Kevin, stay safe. Uh, thoughts on Cantlay considering putter fail. I mean, can't Cantlay's putter can fail him and he'll still finish second. Cantlay's driver can fail him. He'll finish third. I mean, the guy is, did you see what he, I mean, just, he got out of position so often over the weekend and still finds a way to make a par, still finds a way to make a birdie, still finds a way to contend. It's, it's incredible stuff. So I, I'm not really worried about him at all. Like for any reason, I don't, I don't know why, why I would be. <clears throat> Winning score will be 15 under. You saw it here first. There you go. Kucher is done. I don't necessarily disagree with that. Played well at farmer's stack. Interesting. I do like kind of the, I do kind of like building lineups based on different things, which is why I like my lineup optimizer that I just updated on rickrungood.com is because you can put in any metric that you want. So you could put in average finish at farmers, for example, or finish at farmers. Um, because first of all, it makes you much more unique. And also there is a lot of correlation that we're missing out on from like player pods. Like there are certain players who always play well together. So it's something I've kind of been working on. Um, I, 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 I don't know if the farmer stack is the one, but I do like thinking outside the box like that. Thoughts on head to head between Bryson and Cantlay. We can run it. Let's just run it. We don't have to think about it. We can just let the computer tell us. So since I, I have a feeling it's going to be Bryson cause he's been pretty unbelievable, but I could be wrong. Cantlay has been good recently. Cantlay versus Bryson. 
Bryson, 59% to win it. He should be minus 149 over Patrick Cantlay. Uh, I have Cantlay winning at 40% of the time. So that is my ownership. All right, we've got a couple minutes left here. I'm going to run through these as quickly as possible. A lot of them I've already answered, which is good. So I'm gonna, I, I, I don't think I'm going to miss anyone. Um, so, or throw in your, your random stuff. We'll get to, I'll run through these quickly. Think about how much you could enter with your subscribers. If you had a draft Kings league. Yeah. So I reached out to them about starting one of the, I wanted, I don't want just a regular one. I wanted like a rake free or like, I wanted to be able to do the, uh, the, the, a flat payout structure. I wanted to be involved in it. I like could not, like they would not give me the time of day. So Maybe if we all emailed them, I don't know, but it, it it went it went nowhere. They weren't all that interested in helping, and I was like, "Screw it, whatever." <clears throat> Cam Davis was he mentioned? I don't think he was mentioned here, but I love the guy. Raw talent, just raw talent everywhere. I don't I don't know if there's going to be good or bad courses for him. Probably courses where he can drive it without regard for accuracy, which I don't think is Riviera. I I would probably like Cam Davis at a different spot. I know you faded Wolf, but others have touted him for this week. Make your own decision. How do you feel, Tom? You heard both sides of it. What do you think? I think it's scary when a guy loses his best asset. I think it's also scary that even if he gets that back best asset back, his short game is bad. But you've heard both sides. That's the, that's the best part. If you, if you heard every angle, uh, now you have the information to, to do what you think is best, which I think is great. Are there guys only some, are you guys, some guys you save for specific places for one and done some I do, right? Like the most obvious is, well, it used to be, it'd be like Hideki at waste management. It would be like, um, yeah, Ramit, Tori, Webb at Wyndham, Rory at East Lake. Uh, there's a couple more. Can't lay at Shriners. If yours includes the Shriners, you could use web at like RBC heritage too. So yeah, I mean, I don't like, it's not a hard and fast rule, but there are definitely guys that I have kind of bookmarked. <clears throat> Loving this. Thank you. Whoops. Lost my spot. Who do I prefer between Lonto, Norlander, or Connors? Man, probably Norlander. He's hot, playing well, striking it well. Hey, Rick. Hope all's well. You too, Andrew. Uh, who do you think could win this event more often? DeChambeau, Shawfleet, or Thomas? I mean, the answer is probably Thomas, right? Justin Thomas is a pretty prolific winner. Uh, pretty prolific winner. Then DeChambeau, who's been, what, Two, two wins in the restart. So if you just look at kind of like the transformed version of Bryson, he's a pretty prolific winner, but JT's sample is much larger. Um, Shoffley doesn't win that much, right? Doesn't doesn't win all that much. Uh, hasn't been able to convert a couple of 54 hole leads. If you were asking me like, who's most likely to finish in the top five? Xander. Who's more likely to win? Probably JT than DeChambeau. Hey, Rick, ever had poutine? <laughs> no. I've been to Winnipeg. I was in Winnipeg once for like two days. It was February and I did not leave my hotel room because it was absolutely freezing. And um, so poutine is what, like fries and gravy or something? Not a big gravy guy. Uh, but I, I guess I would try it if I was if it was a good spot. Like I wouldn't have like California poutine or something like that. I guess I'd have to have it from from uh from Cal or Canada. Roy versus Thomas head-to-head matchup. Okay. 
what time frame do you want? I'm just gonna do I'm just gonna do uh, 2020 like I've been doing here. Start of 2020. I have JT winning this 56% of the time. It should be minus 131, which is kind of crazy. That shows you how how subpar um, Rory has been. That was the question. Yes. So Nathaniel asks a really good question and one that we addressed a couple weeks ago, and I'm glad we addressed it because it was it's, it's a great question. It still is. When you look at the course key stats, why do you prioritize the course's rank compared to other courses for a stat rather than just looking at the raw correlation? So the answer for that, if you're not if you're not following along, the course key stats tool, let me pull it up here. It has two values. One is the value, which is the correlation value, and the other one is the rank, which is how it ranks out of um all the other courses, because what you're going to see Nathaniel is strokes gain approach is going to be the most valuable stat every single week. Um, the, the rank or, or strokes gain total is, or like official money or like a world ranking, that's all going to be the top correlated stat every single week. When you look at the rank, it shows you like, where is it more important? right? Like, Oh, strokes gain approach is even more important here or strokes gain putting might always be a, a lowly correlated stat, but it's it's more correlated here. So that's why I use rank because I've we've got to draw some decisions somewhere. We got to draw lines in there somewhere. Um, we're in overtime, but let me see if I can run through the rest of these. I've answered a lot of them. Own any shares in DraftKings? Yes. So uh, I do, and I'm loving it. It was uh, Actually, producer Jacob, uh, I think got me into it like earlier, like when they went public, uh, cause we were talking about it then. And then, uh, producer Jacob from CBS sports. And then, uh, I, yeah, I've been buying ever since. And I just think here, I'm okay. I know you're not here for stock advice, but here's what I think is good about a stock like DraftKings. as they roll out every single state that gets legalized. That's a bit of good news. I don't know how the stock market works, but I assume that like, it's a lot of speculation. And a lot of good news is good. So you basically have, so DraftKings basically is going to have 50 plus states, uh, you know, 50 times there's going to be great news for it. There's going to be or probably a hundred because it's going to be the time that, oh, Virginia is legalized. Boom. Boost to DraftKings. Oh, they're live now. 18 months later. Boom. Boost to draft. I just think there's going to be a lot of good news in the future. So that's, that's why I'm interested. <clears throat> is Varner a good sleeper play? I think so. Uh, touched the lead here last year. Got ugly after that, but I think he finished 13th. Ball striker. Yeah, don't mind it at all. Hello from Ireland. Number one sleeper this week. Uh, I would go watch the sleeper video for full information, but I would say... Man, number one sleeper. I, I hate it when I got to narrow it down to one. Um... I'm going to go with, this is tough. This is really tough. I'm going to go with Hughes, Mackenzie Hughes. Oh, that was painful. Okay. Um, Love the live chat. Thanks, David. It seems like golf DFS betting has blown up since COVID. Yeah. So, I I mean, I think... I think this is interesting because I think golf was on an unbelievable trajectory before the shutdown. And then in the summer when we got uh, basically at what a month or two where golf was the only thing going on. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's great for the game. It's great for business or whatever, but listen, golf is golf has been on this trajectory a, a year ago, two years ago, 
the PGA Tour would not even acknowledge that gambling existed. Now they have gambling partners. Now you can have sponsorships on these players. Like it's only going up from here. You know, everybody who's going to play fantasy football is already playing fantasy football. There are there is so much room for growth in golf. So I think it was already on a great trajectory. And um, I I think uh, you know for all the bad things that 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 happened with COVID. Golf was in a really good spot. I mean, even local golf courses that were closing because people weren't playing, uh, they got a boost. You know, rounds of golf were up. So it's it's interesting. Um, I think we're done here. I've answered a lot of these. Um, we're in overtime. I think that's it. We'll put a pin in it there. Thank you, everybody, very much for showing up. Uh, on your way out, do me a favor, hit the like button. I'm going to be on... Same channel right here, 8.15 p.m. Eastern time, Wednesday night, tonight, with Joe Idoni doing the Jock Market Power Hour. It's going to be a blast. We can talk about more. You can ask questions there. We can have fun. We can make some money. Um, But yeah, that'll do it. Much appreciated. See you guys.